on May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. Visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. back everybody another edition here of the auburn undercover podcast on the 24 7 sports network my name is nathan king it is finally game day if you are listening to this the pregame pod previewing giving our final thoughts here your last minute fix on penn state and of course as we are with every pregame show we are joined by an opposing team reporter, and today it is Mr. Daniel Gallon from Lions 24-7. And um, you guys will remember Daniel from over the summer, I believe, boy, all the way back in May. Um, we were sort of riding the wave after they announced the game time, and everyone was excited about it. And uh, Daniel, I mean, months later, we talked about it back then. We were like, yeah, you know, everything we're saying is just from like, you know, 30,000 feet out, or, you know, it's going to be a long time until this game actually gets here. Um but now it's finally here, so I guess uh, I guess how are you feeling about uh, about heading down to heading down to Auburn as part of the you're, you're part of the first ever Big Ten crew to to make it to Jordan Hare Stadium. I'm feeling great about it. I think this is something that we've had circled on the calendar for a long time, and it's finally here. Uh, early in game week, it can always be kind of like like oh, like so much to do to get ready, so much to do to get ready uh, for that before you leave Friday, but. And now it's it's Wednesday afternoon as we're recording this and you're starting to get excited, starting to really nail down uh, some of the storylines, starting to nail down the logistics of uh, actually getting to Auburn and and what that's going to be like. So I'm ready. I'm excited to get down there. Um, First time, first time for me at Auburn, first time for Penn State at Auburn. I I think it'll be a, a good weekend of firsts. Now, assuming nothing else has come out again, like like Daniel said, recording this on Wednesday afternoon, assuming nothing has been finalized, which I, I would assume that it hasn't, um, I, I obligatory. I must ask you your thoughts on orange jerseys because apparently everyone else has to have their opinion on it um, as well. So you, you you tweeted today that there's it's fashion watch down in Auburn. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the orange jerseys as someone who is not you know implicated with the Auburn program whatsoever? <laughs> Well, as a as a Maryland alum, I'm I'm very in tune with uh, with Fashion Watch and uh, alternate uniforms and and jerseys and and the whole nine yards. So it, I've had I don't get to flex that muscle uh, as much at Penn State because <laughs> you know what you're going to get no matter what week in and week out. But I think it would be I think it would be pretty cool. I think it would be something different. I mean, I I really like the the traditional Auburn uniforms. Um, I thought that the white fa- face masks last year at Beaver Stadium was a nice little touch. I think the orange face masks look pretty sharp. Um, but I think it would be, I think it would be interesting. It would be something different. Um, I think it would, I mean, this game already has a lot of juice, but I think it might add a tiny bit more. Um, and I would also be curious just kind of how it looks because I know that Auburn Jersey is, is so traditional. Um, it's one of the, you know, as the, the uniform nerd uh, in me, I mean, it's one of the only under armor uniforms that, hasn't gotten the the alternate treatment or a redesign really or anything. So I think that that, I think it would be fun. It'd be just kind of a, another level uh, as we go into things. We all know that Penn state loves its whiteout. 
Uh, we're going to have the, the orange out on, on Saturday. And, you know, what, what's more orange when you've got tens of thousands of people wearing it in the stands? What, you know, what's just, uh, you know, 22 more guys on the field. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Your, your boy, Josh Vitale, um, <laughs> who was obviously people at Auburn know from, from his time um, on the beat here and you guys were in school together at Maryland. Yeah. He tweeted today. He was like, you know, the only way you can do it is, is actually what Auburn did the first time they wore the orange jerseys against Georgia. They came out, warmed up in Navy, and then the players didn't even know, but they had them waiting for them at their lockers. Um, that's you have to do if you're gonna do it, you have to do it that way. Give it like the second wind. So when they it's like a surprise at the last minute, which I understand Maryland did in like 2011 or something yeah, like that. That was the, the Labor Labor Day night against Miami. Uh, LeBron James was not a fan, and uh, okay, so that was that game. I, I'm, I'm trying to remember mm-hmm. correctly. Okay, I, I didn't, I remember watching that game, I didn't remember that they switched it up pregame. Oh yeah, it was. I think I think the players knew um, yeah. because you'd seen the helmet had popped up on social media uh, earlier in the week. But it was a pretty good, nice little bait and switch uh, that I think is harder to get away with now, uh, the way that things are. But at the time, it was fun, and you know, I'm I'm all it's it's college football. I mean, anything that can make it kind of different or unique, um, you know, let, let's do it. Let's get weird. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, guys, that that's it for the episode. We will, uh, everybody <laughs> into, you know, uh, of course, we got to get into uh, got to get into the matchup. I will start uh, with with the man who is a polarizing figure in uh, in Penn State football. We talked about him all the way back in May. He absolutely demolished Auburn last season. Sean Clifford, of course, the the sixth year starting quarterback. He went twenty eight of thirty two in that game um, last season. I I would imagine that's one of the best performances for a Penn State QB in a long time is the most accurate a quarterback had been against Auburn since at least the late eighties. Um, I think with like 20 plus completions or 20 plus attempts. And so, um, you know, we were talking about before we started, uh, I feel like that Purdue game was the, the quintessential Sean Clifford experience. He made the huge mistake, but then he himself also kind of willed them back to victory. Um, I guess, what are you expecting from, from not only Clifford, but, but this passing game, I understand, you know, they, they lost Jahan Dotson. Mitchell Tinsley was a guy you brought up um, in the offseason. Seems like he's been every every part as advertised. Um, just what do you expect from from Clifford in this game? And do you, do you think they can replicate that kind of performance? I don't know. What are what are the main factors for this passing game going to be against what's probably the you know, not probably it's definitely the best most talented defense they've faced so far this season? I think the big thing for for Clifford is going to be how he comes out and how he starts the game. I think that'll be a, a good little indication or can go a long way towards determining how this game comes out uh the book on clifford is that <clears throat> excuse me he's he's a fiery guy emotional guy wears his heart on the sleeve um that's great in the locker room sometimes that can translate to being a little little too jacked up on the field when you come out um so i think if he can come out and have those emotions under control and kind of keep the offense on schedule i think that can go a long way um, you know, avoiding getting into a, a big hole with a turnover or too many three and outs or some some bad field position. So I think that's the big thing I'm watching with with Clifford. Um, he says he's more comfortable in year two uh, in Mike Yersich's offense. Um, I think that he does get a boost from the running game. Uh, Nick Singleton is an element that Penn State did not have at all last year. Um, and so it'll be kind of interesting to see um, how that opens things up, how that changes the shape of the defense. But the the thing with Clifford is that he has all the weapons uh, on the outside. I mean, the skill talent around him is, I think it's pretty good. Um, you look at the top three wide receivers. Um, Parker Washington had a big year last year. 
He's been a little quiet to start this year, but he's someone that can kind of sneak up on you with eight catches for a hundred yards and 90 of those yards are after the catch. Uh, he's a really good slot receiver. Mitchell Tinsley has been as advertised. He was in that Western Kentucky uh, offense last year and just put up, you know, insane numbers. I think it was 87 catches, 1400 yards, 14 touchdowns, and all those marks ranked second on that team uh, because of how they played. Um, he's come in. I mean, he's been the veteran. He's got two touchdown catches uh, in the opener. He led the team with seven catches for 84 yards and a touchdown, 12 targets. Um, I was kind of surprised. It, it didn't feel like that much. Um, he's that kind of wide receiver where even if he's getting a lot of catches, it doesn't feel like it's being forced to him, which I like. Uh, and then the third starter is Keandre Lambert Smith, um, who had pretty had a pretty big roller coaster ride. Uh, against uh, Purdue. I think he had three dropped passes, um, but then he came back and had a go-ahead touchdown. This 29-yarder where he took a slant across the middle, took a hit, bounced off it, and not raced everyone. I think he's the toolsiest wide receiver on the roster, but he just hasn't quite hit his ceiling yet because of the mental mistakes. Uh, The drops are an issue with him. Um, and I think it was a promising sign in, in week one where he was able to bounce back from those drops. So I like the wide receivers a lot. And then if you go a little bit further down the depth chart, uh, Harrison Wallace, the third, a.k.a. Trey, Alabama kid um, from Pike Road outside of Montgomery. Uh, he's getting his homecoming. Uh, he said today that he he grew up as an Alabama fan, but he went to Auburn games when he was younger. Um, and that he also went there as a recruit. So he's excited to get back there. He's a redshirt freshman. He's gotten a lot of run early. Um, and then the last wide receiver I'll mention is Omari Evans. He's a really interesting case. Um, he was a high school quarterback uh, in a run-heavy offense uh, in Texas. Came up uh, and worked out for the staff last year when in the recruiting calendar, they were letting um, you know guys work out in non-camp environments. Uh, I think it was a COVID thing to help with exposure. He came up, ran in the four threes um, and, you know, got the offer committed, enrolled early. And I think we all had him penciled in as a, as a red shirt candidate, because even with that speed, if you've never played wide receiver before, you know, I don't think college is the exactly the easiest time to learn it, but he's gotten a lot of run in the first two games. It looks like they're going to burn his red shirt. And that speed is something that Penn state hasn't really had. So I think that number 18, I'm not exactly sure how much you'll see him because they lean on those top three guys so much, but that's another wide receiver that is around Clifford that can give him something else in that offense. They were obviously, and you mentioned it a little bit, they were one of the worst teams in college football last year. Um, running the football seems like they might have had a little juice inserted with uh, with a guy like Singleton. Boy, he, he's, he's looked every bit the part um, in these first couple games how much of a of a factor an x factor a a difference maker in this game is is a guy like singleton for you because it's it's really an element they didn't have when they faced auburn last season definitely i mean you watched him against ohio and i know it was ohio so it's the caveat you know what can you do against an sec defense what can you do against a big 10 defense because obviously mac defense it's, it's not the same caliber but I mean, even then, he was still able to get to the corner. He was still able to run away from guys. He was able to shed tacklers. And you just didn't have that last year. I mean, last year, it was two yards, first hit going down. Um, it was just not pretty. Um, and then last year was just kind of the combination of the they didn't have a running back that could make up for the deficiencies of the offensive line. And they didn't have an offensive line that could make up for 
the deficiencies of the running backs. Um, I think Singleton jury is still out on that O-line, which I'm sure we'll get to, but I think you look at Singleton and he is that type of running back where, you know, if he gets hit in the backfield, he's not going to go down right away. Um, he can break tackles. He can get to the second level. Um, you know, he's still pretty green. I think you go through, um, you, know, you go through the tape and you watch some of his runs and you can be like, oh, like if he cut it back here, if he hit this hole, um, you know, if he went outside here, he would have had more, but I mean, he had three runs of 40 plus yards against Ohio touchdown runs of 44 and 70 non-scoring run of 48. I mean, we saw nothing even close to that last year. So you're still going to see a lot of Kevon Lee now uh, who's kind of the, the bigger bruiser. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts or, you know, quote unquote starts is the first running back out. Um, and then, and Penn state trusts him a lot. He had the game winning touchdown catch uh, against Purdue. Uh, and then Katron Allen is the quote unquote other freshman um, who is still a four star recruit out of IMG, um, a top 24 seven guy. Um, he's, his nickname was fat man uh, coming out of high school. And he kind of had the reputation of a bigger kind of bruiser, but he's been really smooth. I like how he hits the hole. I like how he follows his blocker. Um, he's been a good receiver, which is something that I don't really think was featured prominently in his scouting report. So there's, I think they got new blood back there. I think Singleton and Allen, you can just tell that it's completely different than what they had last year. Um, and that they can really raise the level of this offense, which in turn can, well, I think they can raise Clifford's level, which could help uh, raise the level of the offense. What do you make of this? You talked about the offensive line. We, we've been discussing it a little bit this week. Um, you know, Auburn had difficulty getting pressure with with only three or four guys last season in this game. And of course, that contributed to uh, to Clifford being able to hit some of those throws. Um, it's a bit improved Auburn, I think, over the course of last season, their pass rush got a little better and then they return their top pass rushing guys. Um, kind of what do you make of that matchup? Because it, it really seems like also when you look at TJ Finley on the other side, it really seems like whichever quarterback can be affected more, you know, a turnover in this game, a couple turnovers, um, especially for guys like Clifford and Finley, who are kind of known to do that um, could you know sway the, the flow of the game. It's going to be really interesting to watch. Um, I mean, I think I'm confident in, the left tackle, Olu Fashionu. Uh, he's a redshirt sophomore. He started for the first time in the Outback Bowl against Arkansas and held his own. And, you know, coming into this year, he's just looked really, really good. Um, he's the type of left tackle that when you watch him block someone uh, on the edge, he just kind of swallows them up. Like they just kind of, <clears throat> they just kind of disappear uh, as they run into him. Um, he's been a very pleasant surprise. Obviously, this will be his first test, um, something really big for him. Um, and then center juice Scruggs is solid. Um, I think when you get to the other three spots, it, it gets a little bit dicier. Um, Caden Wallace is a third year starter at right tackle. Um, he struggled against Purdue, uh, in the opener. He got beat really badly, um, for a key sack in the fourth quarter. Um, and then in the, the next, the next drive, there is Bryce Hefner, who was, who's the top, uh, reserve tackle. He was out there and after the game, James Franklin said that, oh, yeah, we were going to rotate Efner in there uh, at some point during the game. But I think right before the you know second most important drive of the game in the fourth quarter, I don't necessarily think that that's how the rotation is drawn up. But we did see them rotate early against Ohio. Um, so that's a position I'm really curious to watch. Um, Wallace is, has all the physical tools. I mean, he's massive. Um, I think 
he's listed, you know, around 320 pounds, 6'4", 6'5", just a really, really big guy. Efner's a little bit smaller at 287, I believe. Um, so it's kind of different styles, but that's kind of where I'm, I think that's the position on the offensive line I'm watching the most. And then on the interior, there's a three guard rotation. Um, Salim Wormley, uh, who missed last year with an injury, uh, he's looked really solid and coming back. He owns that right guard spot for the most part. And then at left guard, they're rotating Landon Tangwall, a redshirt freshman who was the highest rated recruit in that very small class of 2021. He's rotating with Hunter Norzad, who's a, a redshirt senior grad transfer from Cornell, uh, was an all Ivy League right tackle. Um, and he's come over uh, and is playing on the interior. He play, he plays some center, uh, plays some right guard. But I think that they've been rotating there. It's been on like a quarter by quarter basis. Um, and both have been been fine. Norzad got beat really badly by a sack against Ohio. Um, Tangwall, I think, is holding his own. And I think, you know, people are really excited about him. By the time he finishes his career, he should be a top offensive lineman. But the interior spots are have new faces. Um, so it's been kind of, you know, wait and see in there. Um, but, you know, I think that people haven't quite seen the the dominant performance that they want to see to feel good about that offensive line. Um, given what Auburn has on defense, I, I don't think we'll get that Saturday, but I think that it should be, I think they should be up for it. And, you know, if Penn state wants to, to win, wants to assert itself on this game, it's going to need those guys up front to, to show it. On the flip side of, of course, you have a guy in, in TJ Finley who, has three interceptions through the first uh, couple games. Not what you want to see, especially against Mercer and uh, and San Jose State. Um, you know, here in the early portion of the season, obviously he's still getting his feet wet as a starter and, and getting things set up there in the passing game. Does does Penn State have the kind of pass rush to to bother him? And then I guess branching off of that, um, what do you what do you make of Penn State's run defense? early in this season because you know obviously if, if tank bigs that was a big key last year was tank bigsby was pretty successful that allowed them to open up the passing game a little bit um i guess just what what's your assessment of, of what they might be able to do in that regard i mean in theory the pass rush should be good i think when you look at who they have but right now they're they're leading sack getter as a as a cornerback um johnny dixon has has two sacks uh, off of corner blitzes um and the defensive ends have been They've gotten to the quarterback. They've been able to affect some things. They've been able to knock balls down at the line. Um, some of it is style-based. Uh, Purdue, Aiden O'Connell was just getting the ball out before guys could even get there. Um, you know, they didn't even they didn't sack him until the fourth quarter. I think there were only maybe two or three quarterback hits in that game. Um, but the talent is there. Um, Adisa Isaac is coming back from a torn Achilles. He said last week that he's about eighty-five percent. But he's you know he's fast. He can get off the line. I think he's still getting comfortable putting off some of the rust. You know he he suffered that injury more than a year ago at this point. But as we know, I mean that that's a tough one to come back from, even with the way that medicine is now. Um, on the other side, you got Chop Robinson, uh, Maryland transfer, former five star recruit in the class of 2021. Um, he has been his development has been interesting. He was a a three, four outside linebacker at Maryland. And now he's a four, three defensive end um, for Manny Diaz. And he's still kind of getting, he's still putting on size, still getting used to playing with his hand in the dirt a little bit more, but his get off is, is unbelievable. 
Um, he can just get after quarterbacks. I think that, you know, he played the fewest snaps of the, of the starting rotation last year with, a, or last week with Adisa Isaac and Nick Tarburton. Uh, but it still felt like he made the most plays out of all of them. He was just always around the quarterback. Um, I think he's the type of talent that can be a difference maker. Um, so the pass rush, we still kind of need to see it. Like we need to see those guys beat their tackles and make things happen. But the way that Manny Diaz has schemed things up a little bit with bringing pressure off the edge, blitzing some of the linebackers, um, that's kind that's gotten after quarterbacks. That that's flustered guys a little bit. Uh, the run game is going to be really interesting. Um, Purdue obviously Purdue had some success, but they're not going to run the ball uh, on a regular basis. That's just not what they do. Um, Ohio. I think was just a little overmatched. Um, so it was hard to get a good read off of that. But the last time we saw this Penn state defense was down the stretch last year when, you know, they got gashed by Illinois. Um, they got gashed by Michigan. They got gashed by Arkansas in the bowl game, even though like half the defense had, had opted out at that point. Um, but I'm going to be really curious to see how that holds up. PJ Mustafer coming back is huge. Uh, he had a, he suffered a season-ending injury at Iowa last year, so he's another guy who is still kind of playing to get his feet under him. Um, but they've got some good depth there. Uh, Hakeem Beeman was unavailable last year uh, for undisclosed reasons. Um, he's more of a, a quick, maybe interior pass rusher. So I'm curious to see how he holds up um, against that against that running game. But they've got guys behind them. Uh, Zane Durant is a true freshman who's played a lot early. Devon Ali's played a lot uh, in Mustafer's absence last year, and he's another kind of space eater. Um, and then they have Jordan Vandenberg, um, who's a redshirt freshman, who's you know more in that like quick, uh, twitchy interior guy mold. But they they've got some bodies in there. Um, and then Nick, I wouldn't. I'd also mention Nick Tarburton, um, who will be one of the the defensive end starters. He's a great kind of first, second down, um, you know, run stuffing defensive end. So they have guys up there, um, but this is going to be the first real test for that interior offensive line. And they didn't always have success there last year. Yeah, I saw some Penn State players we're talking about this week. Uh, you know, the Curtis Curtis Jacobs, I believe, yep. is the linebacker. Yeah, he said, uh, you know, I didn't didn't come to Penn state to play seven on seven. So I'm excited to go and start hitting some big dudes. So um, <laughs> that, I mean, you see it over and over again and it's, it's kind of a simple key in, in big games, but you win the trenches and you're going to have a pretty decent opportunity, especially because this is a quarterback situation for Auburn where, I mean, and you'll see plenty of Robbie Ashford. I'm not sure how much you'll see him throwing the football, but you'll definitely see sort of a change of pace runner. But I mean, TJ Finley is faster, but he's not going to be able to evade the pressure um, like a guy like Bo Nix was last season so you've you mentioned Purdue a couple times um I guess were you surprised at, at how that how close that game was um or was that you know obviously it was a it's a tough season opener to go on the road and I mean Purdue is used to upsetting people it's kind of it's kind of what they do especially on their on their home turf but um you know I, I guess my question is is there anything to be taken from that game in comparison to another road game for Penn State, or, or do you think that was just kind of a difficult game for for Penn State because of where it was positioned and the fact that it was the the first game of the year? Yeah, I, I picked Purdue to win that game. It was just hard to get a feel uh, for things because it was the season opener. Uh, Purdue did have that track record, and there's a there's just a lot of questions about Penn State, and I think that you know the questions have all kind of been half answered. I think we'll have a lot more answers after this weekend, but you know, like quarterback, offensive line 
a whole new defense under Manny Diaz, uh, all new specialists uh, because Jordan Stout moved on. You know, Penn State just kind of went into week one with a lot of questions. Um, this week, the players have been asked a lot whether or not they think that, you know, oh, having that Purdue game under under, under their belt, you know, does that help going in, into Jordan Hare? And I guess it does in a little bit where they've already done the road game thing once this year because that's, you know, that's always different. Um, it's always different being in a, you know, the hotel, busing to the game. Um, but, you know, I think that they recognize that this is kind of a, a different beast than Purdue. Um, even though Purdue gave them a, a really good game, that's just kind of what Purdue does. And they had the talent advantage. They, for the most part, they they had the, the physical advantage um, over them, where I think that they know that this will be a little bit more evenly matched um, and just kind of a, it's just a different beast, I think. I think that's kind of how I'm looking at it going into Saturday. Yeah, you mentioned evenly matched i think that's you know neither of these teams i think blow you away in any in any regard especially when you're comparing sides of the ball the o-line versus the d-line um you know like you talked about the run defense i I just this seems like a a decently you know well set up game for for both sides i i find it hard to believe I i think if there were to be some sort of blowout it'd probably be in the home team's favor with with you know if there were to be a bunch of mistakes from penn state but i i even in that regard, I don't really see that happening. Um, fingers crossed that it's going to be a, a close game, and I think that'll be the case. And, and of course, that'd be great for everybody because it should be like like you mentioned at the beginning. Um, this will be a great college football game. It's the first time Auburn has ever hosted a Big Ten team before. We've mentioned the atmosphere, um, all that kind of stuff. It should be, and then Auburn obviously sort of a revenge spot from last year. Um, what are you feeling? Obviously, this is this Saturday morning as people will hear this. Um, but now it's 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 Wednesday afternoon, as I understand it. You said you have locked in your your prediction for this game. Um, as as folks listen to this on Saturday, they've all read our predictions on our site. So uh, which way are you leaning um, in this game on the on CBS this afternoon? I'm leaning towards Penn State. Uh, I have a final score of 26-17. I think there's going to be a, a lot of field goals uh, from from Penn State. Um, I'm curious to see how well they can finish drives um, against. Uh, against Auburn, they did a good job of finishing against Purdue, um, but obviously different type of defense, different level of of talent out there. Um, you know, I see I see the Penn State uh, offense, you know, being able to move the ball. Um, I think I don't think it'll necessarily be consistent, or it's hard to see it being consistent. But I think they'll get enough plays that they'll move the ball enough. Um, and then I think the Penn State defense. I mean, looking at the Auburn offense. Yeah, it's it's just hard to see them breaking off a lot of big plays, um, and just based off of what you know, I've seen, what I've read, it, it's hard to see them, you know, putting up three touchdown drives um, against this Penn State defense. Um, I do think the way that they play under Manny Diaz, they are a little bit, they can be a little bit more susceptible to big plays, but I do like what I've seen um, out of Diaz. I mean, there's a lot more creativity on the defense. Like last year under Brent Pry, it was pretty much like, all right, we're going to run out the the three linebackers and then the one linebacker is going to come off the field and the nickel is going to come on. And that was pretty much all it was um, the, the whole game. But Manny Diaz is rolling out these, you know, seven defensive back packages, playing Jair Brown, the safety at linebacker. Uh, they're putting just, you know, three pass rushers on the line and just telling them to go uh, blitzing the nickel, blitzing the dime. It's just different and i think that given that 
Auburn is a little unsettled at quarterback and it's not the, you know, not world beaters back there. I think that Penn state can really affect the game from the defensive side. So I got 26, 17, um, you know, we'll see. It's just been a really hard game to get a, a real feel on uh, the, this past week. Yeah, not too far off from from mine. I'm I'm rolling Penn State as well. Twenty four uh, twenty four seventeen again. Like we like we talked about. Hopefully, it's a great game. I I can't imagine that it won't be close in the fourth quarter. Um, and you know, because of that, there should be some some plays that'll be remembered for both teams. Who whoever wins for the. Uh, for the rest of the season, kind of like some of those plays that Penn state made at the end of that game. Obviously that was a huge win um, for them in front of their home crowd. So thank you so much to, uh, to Daniel for hopping on today. Um, let the, let the people know if, you know, I know it's game day, but if they want to go get any last minute um, reading in on, on Penn state where they can find y'all stuff today and, and throughout the game, it wouldn't be bad to give y'all a follow to get the, uh, the Penn state side of thing. Yeah. Go to uh, lions, 247com uh, you can follow Lions twenty four seven on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Daniel J T Gallen. Um, there's going to be a couple of us from Lions twenty four seven down in Auburn. Or you know, we'll we'll do the whole nine yards. We're, we got video, photo, um, everything you could want um, to to learn a little bit more about Penn State and get the Penn State side of it. So you know, orange jerseys or not, I think it's going to be a really unique uh, <laughs> unique atmosphere, unique game, and uh, I'm excited to get down there. Yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to it. y'all. The the Purdue, uh, I know you went to Purdue, right, for that first game. Uh, yes, that was a great atmosphere there. So, I mean, Auburn has had the home crowd affect things. I, I thought it was interesting that Franklin actually referenced um, there was a there was a series where San Jose State had a goal line situation, first and goal at the two. Um, and he referenced, he said, yeah, you know, in front of their scoreboard, it's going to be difficult because they did have two false starts there, ended up having to kick a field goal, um, and so it should be should be on par i know i know penn state's crowd um obviously it's, it's hard to do it like them that was the biggest that was the biggest crowd last year auburn had ever played in a game against um but auburn will do their best i, I think it's going to be a i think it's going to be a great environment for uh for college football and it's I, I know it's probably a little colder up there for for y'all but uh man this week you step outside it's like high 70s so it's, <laughs> i was in it, the it was in the mid 50s this morning i oh my goodness. I, I was in sweats all morning had the windows open it was great but you know franklin says that they're they're getting them ready uh they actually started uh prepping the silent count last week before ohio um which is always always really interesting when you get that nugget from uh you know the team that is so one and no focused um you know where they they let huh. the guard down that and we might have been looking ahead a little bit um, but Franklin said that they uh, went into their indoor facility. They closed the doors, cranked up the heat, cranked up the music and uh, went through practice that way. So I think they're trying to pull out all the stops to be ready. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that pays off. But as, as all Penn State players have been quick to mention, you know, they've, they've played at Ohio State before. Um, some of them have played b- before a crowd at Michigan. Last time they were at Michigan was during the pandemic. Um, but you know, they, they've played at Iowa, they've played, you know, they, they say that they know these environments, so it's, it's going to be fun, uh, either way, I think. Yeah. And certainly Auburn fans are looking forward to it after the first couple games of the year weren't against, uh, weren't against the biggest opponents, but again, like I, like I said, against San Jose state, they were kind of needed to keep, uh, keep the team in the game there. So uh, thank you so much again to, uh, to Daniel for hopping on and joining us today. Hope all of our listeners, um, enjoyed that insight. If you guys enjoyed the show please go leave us a five-star review. That is the number one thing that helps us out. The bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, 
and Instagram. Everybody enjoy the game today. Me and Jason. I know we, we didn't have it last week after the, the late finish. We will have our reaction show after the game, um, either late tonight or early Sunday morning. So until then, everybody enjoy the game and we'll catch y'all later.